Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Oh, 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 oh,
Thank you. 
Sun won't dry you out. Two raindrops won't end this drought. But a little bit of friendship goes a long way. If you got a friend, you'll be okay. A little bit of friendship goes a long way. It'll bring you some muscle, you'll be okay. So give me a whistle, a whistle and muscle. Give me a whistle, a whistle and click. Give me a whistle, a whistle and muscle. Give me a whistle, a whistle and click. You're down and feeling small. Got a phone, but no one to call. When your hope has sailed away and you've got nothing to say, a little bit of friendship goes a long way. If you got a friend, you'll be okay. A little bit of friendship goes a long way. It'll bring you some muscle, you'll be okay. So give me a whistle, a whistle and muzzle. Give me a whistle, a whistle and click. Give me a whistle, a whistle and muzzle. A whistle, a whistle, a whistle, a whistle, a whistle, a Give me a whistle, a whistle and a muzzle. Give me a whistle, a whistle and a muzzle. Give me a whistle, a whistle and a muzzle. Give me a whistle, a whistle and a muzzle. Give me a whistle, a whistle and a muzzle. Give me a wh
JM in the AM Thursday morning broadcast. Hello, hello. My thanks to Matis Weingast for sitting in yesterday and by all accounts doing an exemplary job, as you would suspect, hosting JM in the AM on a Wednesday. Thank you, Matis. Good to be back on this November the 29th. Today is Haftet bin November. Why is today a significant day in modern Jewish history? Why is the 29th of November known as Chavtet in November? If you don't know the answer, ask your rabbi, ask your teacher, ask those who uh, who uh, will be um, instructing you throughout the day. Why is today Chavtet in November, the 29th of November, a significant date in modern Jewish history? 21st day in the month of Kislev, the year 5779, Tavshinayin Tess. Mazal tov to those who've completed Meseches Menachos and to those who are starting Meseches Chulin today in the march to the completion of the entire Shas through Daf Yomi, the one page per day Talmud study. Miami had never give up. That's a good message for those who are studying. Uh, Bissala Mazel and Miracle of Light done by Eighth Day off of the Stronger, Closer brand new album, Do the Daf. It's another good song for uh, those who are in the midst of... Um, of uh, doing the daf, of uh, doing daf yomi, and studying daf yomi every single day. Um, Hashkifa kolachai, and we are sending that out special <laughs> uh, to listener Ari, who uh, was very patient until we finally got the entire kolachai hashkifa on the air. Uh, Yaakov Shweki with Netzach Yisrael, and of course Regesh Modani opening things up, and we say... Good morning. It's Thursday with 40 degrees, partly cloudy, and a high temperature of 47. Clear tonight, low 34, and tomorrow cloudy. High Friday, 44 degrees. Maybe some rain for Shabbos in this area. Uh, 67 right now in Yerushalayim. We are at uh, 40 degrees here in uh, New York City. As we say good morning at uh, JM in the AM. I have one of these. Uh, I have one of these chargers. Uh, you know, that can charge multiple phones at once. You know, it has like, uh, you know, multiple ports. And the LED light is always on for some reason over the last day or so. And I don't know how to shut it. Anybody have a recommendation? Let me know. Yeah. You can let me know through the app, in fact. A big, big, big shout out to the Jewish community of Atlanta, Georgia. Miriam Wallach and I were on a, a fact-finding mission yesterday down in Atlanta Met a lot of amazing and wonderful people, rabbis, community leaders, uh, people who are in the know. Special shout out to a listener, Daniel. He knows who he is. Special shout out to um, to Jody and everybody at the Spicy Peach. That was a wonderful visit. And like I said, we had the opportunity to meet with many wonderful rabbis and community leaders. And... Um, Oh, by the way, to Rabbi and Mrs. Tendler, who are down in uh, in Atlanta, Mazaltov, brand new baby girl yesterday. So that means the um, Rabbi and Mrs. Feldman are uh, grandparents of that brand new baby girl. So we say Mazaltov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Yeah, that was a funny story. We were we were supposed to meet with Rabbi Tendler, but uh, he was obviously preoccupied. <laughs> So that was great. Um, so there's somebody 
there's somebody on uh, on our app who is uh, always writing to us from Atlanta. In fact, uh, two days ago he wrote that uh, he's contacting us from Chile, Atlanta, on his way to Atlanta Jewish Academy. So I want to thank that rabbi who has been one of the people that has kept us um, kept us close to Atlanta over the last few weeks as we considered a visit down there. And um, and we made it to Atlanta Jew- uh, Jewish Academy. We made it to Torah Day School, made it to Atlanta Jewish Academy, made it to, uh, uh, to both schools yesterday for a visit. So it was really a comprehensive and wonderful journey for uh, – a full day down in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, I will say um, something similar to what I said uh, when we got back from Pittsburgh, and obviously that was for a much different reason, the visit to Pittsburgh, Uh, and that is that it's amazing when people like us from the New York, New Jersey area come across communities that have a a real sense, compared to some of the things going on here, uh, a real sense of unity and uh, camaraderie. Um. We have a lot of that in many different ways, but there are certain ways that we are uh, we are uh, defeated in that area uh, by some of the uh, out of town out of town communities. So good to learn, good to learn from different communities and from different experiences. And it was great spending the day there yesterday. And I thank everybody who is so hospitable in the very hospitable city of Atlanta in the state of Georgia. 6.33, 27 minutes before 7 o'clock on this JM and the AM Thursday. Thursday means we are completely jam-packed with amazing programming all day long. So I strongly suggest you keep it right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. We continue with this from the album entitled Awake at JM and the AM.
JM and the AM on this Thursday morning with Simcha Liner and Mim Komcha. Before that, Naseh, both done uh, from the album Liner Live in Odessa. Nearly. That was uh, from the real complete Happy Hanukkah party. Shlomo Katz had Nigun HaSulam. Bohemian Hanukkah, brand new from 613. Nigun HaMasmid from the album Awake. In honor of those who are starting Maseches Chulin today. Uh, in Dafyomi. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web and NachumSegal.com on the NachumSegal Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Speaking of the NSN app, someone points out nothing like a dose of Southern hospitality, y'all. Best city, Atlanta. Well, we got that feeling yesterday when we were down in Atlanta. I can tell you that much. Um, no question about that. You felt the hospitality even for one day. Golly, it's on the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up. I think the news from Israel schedule has adjusted by a minute or two one way or the other. So we're trying to we're trying to time it unlike we did on Tuesday to actually get to the beginning of the newscast. Uh, hence the uh, hence the careful attention that we are paying to uh, Golly Tzal in the background. It's Thursday on this Haftet in November. Today is known, the 29th of November is known as Haftet in November. Why? Why do we wish each other a happy Haftet bin November? Why is it a significant date in modern Jewish history? If you don't know, ask your teachers, ask your Abayim, ask those who teach you. Why? Ask your parents. Why is today a significant day on the secular calendar when it comes to modern Jewish history? 29th of November, or as many refer to it, Haftet bin November, to give it a little bit of a uh, Chag feel. So that has been incorporated into the uh, into our tradition that it's referred to as Haftet in November. Um, all right, so we'll talk about that coming up at some point, I'm sure, during this show. Full Thursday here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Charlie Harari, Michael Fragan, Allison Joseph, Miriam Al Wallach, all scheduled with great programming between JM and the AM and the live lunch. Our live lunch will, in fact, be live from this studio right here in New York City. Make sure to be tuned in between 11 and 1 Eastern time. And the Arab Shabbos show with Mark Zamek starts at 7 p.m. tonight, brought to you by our friends at Kedem. He always does an amazing job, and we thank Kedem for being such an amazing sponsor of ours, not only throughout the week, but especially when it comes to Thursday night and Friday, when Arab Shabbos really starts to be Arab Shabbos here and everywhere. Uh, it's really an amazing uh, and incredible amount of programming that goes on on an era of Shabbos Thursday night and Friday here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Galit Sal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for Thursday is next. We say Boker Tov from Jamnam. ועדת גולדברג למינוי בכירים צפויה להתכנס בשעה הקרובה לשם קבלת החלטה על מינויו של צ'יקו אדרי למפכל. אתמול עבר אדרי את בדיקת הפוליגרף התעסוקתי בהצלחה. פרשניתנו אלעיל שחר מציינת כי גורמים המאורים בפרטים העריכו שהדיון צפוי לערוך מספר שעות. הוארך בשישה ימים מעצרו של האב החשוד בהתעללות מינית ופיזית באחד עשר ילדיו. עורך דינו טוען שהחשוד מעורער בנפשו. כתבתנו ליה ספילקין מזכירה שהאב ואשתו, החשודה גם היא בהתעללות ובהזנחה, נעצרו לפני כשלושה שבועות. החשוד ברצח הנערה סילבנה צגאי הובא לפני מספר דקות לדיון בהארכת מעצר 
וכתבתנו פיי גוטמן מדווחת. החשוד שרצח ואנס לכאורה את הנערה בביתה בדרום תל אביב ונמלט נתפס אתמול אחרי מצוד בן יומיים באזור שוק הכרמל בעיר. הוא נחקר במהלך הלילה ושמר על זכות ההשתיקה. בדיון שהתקיים בהמשך היום בעניינו תבקש המשטרה להאריך את מעצרו ב-15 ימים. קנצלרית גרמניה, אנגלה מרקל, טוענת, העיצומים על רוסיה בעקבות המתיחות מול אוקראינה הוטלו בשם החוק הבינלאומי. כתבתנו אינה אנטונוב. בכנס גרמניה-אוקראינה בברלין, מרקל אמרה כי מדינתה לא מטילה עיצומים לשם עיצומים, אלא כדי להבהיר שמדינות, גם אם הן גובלות ברוסיה, יש להן את הזכות לפיתוח עצמי. מרקל הוסיפה גם כי היא תעלה מחר לדיון את נושא המתיחות בין קייב למוסקבה, בפגישתה עם נשיא רוסיה פוטין בפסגת G20 בארגנטינה. אישה בת 30 הסובלת ממוגבלות שכלית תובעת את ארגון ויצו בטענה כי הופלטה בשל מוגבלותה. כתבתנו מוריה אסרף. במשך שש וחצי שנים עבדה הבחורה בגן ילדים השייך לארגון ויצו מבלי ששולם לה שכר או זכויות סוציאליות, כך לטענתה. הבוקר נציבות שוויון זכויות לאנשים עם מוגבלויות במשרד המשפטים הגיש תביעה לבית הדין לעבודה נגד הארגון על סך 380 אלף שקלים. מויצו נמסר בתגובה, התובעת שולבה בגן כמשתקמת ולא כעובדת מן המניין. יושב ראש מועדון הכדורסל מכבי תל אביב, שמעון מזרחי, שנכנס השבוע להיכל התהילה של היורוליג, אומר לעידן קבלר ולבוני גינצבורג בגלי צה"ל, המועדון בשנות שפל. זה נכון שיש לנו שנתיים שלוש של שנות שפל, אבל אנחנו נתגבר על זה. אני בהחלט מאמין בזה, לאור העובדה שאם אתה תבחן את הקבוצה שהוכנה מבעוד מועד מתחילת העונה, בלולי העמקת הפציעות שעברנו, זה מה שהיה בעוכרינו. אנחנו גם החלפנו מאמן, עשינו את כל הצעדים כדי לחזור לקדמת הבמה האירופאית וכך נעשה. תחזית מזג האוויר, ללא שינוי ניכר בטמפרטורות. משעות אחר הצהריים ייתכן גשם מקומי בדרום הארץ ובמזרחה. אלה החדשות שעורכת לי עמרם אילת. Die 
you can finish. I got it. <laughs> Shlach 
Oh, 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 oh,
J.M. in the A.M. Thursday morning broadcast, and we are dedicating uh, that selection, Rafur Shlema, to um, Hanan Melech, Benner of Moshe David. Hanan Melech, well, we, actually, we should try to get the uh, mother's name, which we hopefully will. Um, Hanan Melech, a Rafur Shlema to you from all of us here at J.M. in the A.M. Thursday morning broadcast. That comes from uh, Baruch Levine. Kinderlach before that with Anna Bakoach. You heard Lipa both with Beat of My Heart and Hallelujah. Beat of My Heart off of B Positive. Hallelujah off of a Pusheter Yid here at J.M. in the A.M. Big thank you going out to Matas Weingas for hosting yesterday and being a uh, wonderful host for a Wednesday J.M. in the A.M. Big shout out going out to all the rabbis and community leaders that we met down in Atlanta, Georgia yesterday. A special shout-out to Jody at the Spicy Peach in Atlanta. A special shout-out to Danielle Wenger. And um, really to everybody who was so hospitable. Uh, Atlanta Jewish Academy, Torah Day School, um, Congregation Beth Jacob, Young Israel. It was really a nice uh, visit down there. And uh, much appreciated, both Miriam Wallach and I, uh, on this uh, fact-finding mission down in Atlanta. We're very appreciative for the hospitality, so thank you. And everybody out there who's been commenting on the app about the southern hospitality that the Atlanta Jewish community has, you are 100% accurate, uh, that I could tell you. And I think the Jewish community has learned that already in the past, that's for sure. Certainly the people in Florida did. Uh, this morning we say mazel tov to those who have uh, who have uh, completed Meseches Menachos in Dafyomi today, Chulin begins. Meseches Chulin begins today, so good luck to everybody who's undertaking Meseches Chulin. As uh, many of those who, uh, or all of those who are studying one page per day of the Talmud, Dafyomi are getting ready for the one one twenty January first, twenty twenty Siyum. That's going to be happening really worldwide, but based in New Jersey, and of course we'll have more details as we get closer. Today is Chavtet in November. Today is the twenty ninth. Of November. Why is that an important day in modern Jewish history? Why is November 29th an important day in modern Jewish history? That's the question. If you don't know the answer, ask your teacher, ask your rabbi, ask those that you depend on for information about um, about these types of things. All right. Chavtet November, the 29th of November. Why is it an important day in Jewish history? History. Hey, I want to remind everybody that this coming Monday, oh no, I'm wrong. It's not this coming Monday. It's a week from Monday. Suki and Ding present the Hanukkah celebration with the Big Apple Circus. The last day of Hanukkah, Monday, December the 10th, both at 12 noon and 3 p.m. with all male performers, with Uncle Maishi, with Simcha Liner, the whole Big Apple Circus. Information, etc. JewishTickets.com. It's two performances that day, JewishTickets.com or 718 854 6902 for information. Also, check out our community calendar online. The Bris Avram Hanukkah Blast for this Sunday is up there. The Hanukkah Entertainment in Brooklyn at Har Halavanon is up there. Friendship Circle event is up there. Rabbi Mordechai Becher in Lido Beach is up there. Rami Kleinstein, as you know, he's in concert for the Atid Society at the Kushner Schools in Livingston, New Jersey. That's on our community calendar as well. Go to NahumSingle.com. Again, if you click on Community Calendar, you'll see a bunch of great events that are happening this weekend. And, um, oh, by the way, on the Rami Kleinstein event, uh, Israel's Piano Man, he'll be uh, performing Sunday, 7.30 p.m., first night of Hanukkah, 7.30 p.m., at the Kushner Schools. And the best way to get information, jkha.org, slash atid, jkha, for Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy, dot org, 
slash Atid. That is the best way uh, to get information about the event on Sunday night. And we wish everybody the best of luck. As we said, Batsheva and Mari Halpern are chairing the event, as you would suspect. They do it every year. And from what we hear, already it's a major success. And and Robbie Kleinstein hasn't even taken the stage yet. So, Hebezrat Hashem, we wish them the very best on Sunday night. Enjoy the amazing performer. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas Arav Zevin Revelsevalevi and Zechonishmas Esther Basrevelsevalevi. And now that we have the proper name, let us also say that um, Rabbi Goldwasser's words are in the schus of a refuah shlema for Hanan Melech ben Tzipora. Hanan Melech ben Tzipora. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with morning chizuk. Good morning. On Hanukkah, we recite in the Alanisim, you delivered the strong into the hands of the weak, the many into the hands of the few, the impure into the hands of the pure. The Kedusha Slavi comments, we can understand most of these disparities that are highlighted. For example, the Greeks were many, the Jewish nation were few. The Greeks were impure, the Jewish nation a pure people. And the wicked were in fact overcome by the righteous. But why do we say the mighty were overpowered by the weak? Yehuda Maccabee and his army were certainly not weaklings, by any stretch of the imagination. They were warriors with military prowess. They had divine assistance. They destroyed the armies of Antiochus and reclaimed the land and the base of Mikdush. Furthermore, the Redditorer says, why when we light the Hanukkah menorah, do we say the bracha, that Hashem who has done miracles for our fathers in those days and in this time, on Pesach, when Hashem performed so many miracles, the ten plagues, the makos, the splitting of the Red Sea, Kriyas Yamsuf, we don't say this bracha. The Kedusha Slavi explains that Hashem conducts this world in two different ways. There is the teva, or nature, and lamaylamina teva, the supernatural. Generally, the world is conducted by nature, without miraculous intervention. However, there are specific occasions when Hashem finds it necessary to change the order of nature on our behalf. For instance, it is not the natural order for water to turn to blood or heavens to rain fire and hell together. It is supernatural for the waters to split with dry land in between or for the sun to stand still as it did in the days of Yoshua. Yet the miracles that occurred on Hanukkah and Purim were not actually within the realm of the supernatural. It is conceivable that an oppressed nation rebels against the ruling nation and can emerge victorious. Likewise, on Purim, there were no dramatic miracles, but rather political intrigue, ultimately resulting in the triumph of the Jewish nation. When there is a supernatural event, then... There is universal consensus that it's the hand of Hashem. But our responsibility is to understand that within the natural order of this world, in truth, the hand of Hashem is there as well. There is no human control involved. We have to always be cognizant of the fact that our everyday world exists only through the constant hashkacha of Hashem. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser. Bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
J.M. in the A.M. Getting ready for Hanukkah. Wouldn't you say Monday's our big Hanukkah special? Since it's day one of Hanukkah, Monday is the uh, the the quintessential Hanukkah special. But we'll keep the Hanukkah music in our mix, obviously, all through the week. But we are looking forward to it. Looking forward to a big, big holiday of Hanukkah. Starts Sunday night. Hard to believe. Starts on Sunday night. So, Vezrat Hashem, everybody should have an amazing holiday. Thursday morning broadcast. Well, as we said earlier... Why is today a significant day in modern Jewish history? Why is November the 29th, Chavtet bin November, a significant day in modern Jewish history? If you don't know the answer, consult with your uh, your rabbi, your teacher, your mora, your rebbe. Uh, ask them, why is today an important day, the 29th of November? And uh, knowing us, we'll, give, uh, we'll reveal the answer in the next few minutes, knowing us. It's the 21st of Kislev with 40 degrees, partly cloudy, and a high temperature of 47. Well, Rabbi Elon Haber is with us live via telephone. And um, I, I honestly believe he's one of the luckiest people uh, in this country because uh, the OUJLIC program, which has amazing couples on college campuses around the country, um, really being, you know, the mother and father away from home uh, for so many students. That's essentially the, the role that they play. They're, they're really uh, helping to keep, um, you know, Jewish tradition and the amazing atmosphere of the Jewish family uh, alive for those students who are, uh, who are away from home, attending college. And as part of the uh, OU... Um, uh, as part of the OU uh, JLIC uh, mission, I guess we'd call it, the OU JLIC College Guide 2018 has been released. It's a brand new publication. It does go through campus profiles for Yeshiva University and Turo College. Obviously, those are universities under Jewish auspices. But in addition, 21 OU JLIC college campuses around the United States of America. Rabbi Elon Haber Welcome to JM in the AM. Hi, thank you so much. I'm so glad to be able to join you. I appreciate that. Well, National Director of JLIC, am I right that you're one of the luckiest people in this country? Absolutely. I really feel fortunate to be able to be in such a position and to, you know, to, to have this perch to be able to help so many students on campus. And I think the way I put it, you know, as dramatic as it sounds, is, is pretty accurate. The, they are filling the role of, uh, I don't know, parent, mentor, older brother and sister. Say whatever you want. They're there to help the students you know, make their way through the college experience and at the same time really give them a taste of uh, you know that continued Jewish home feeling that they've gotten in their own home, own home over all these years. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really very much an accurate portrayal of, I believe, our unique niche. Um, it's interesting because when the program was originally intended, it was primarily to be thought of as a Jewish learning program, and there are thousands of students that are taking part in our uh, regular Torah learning and, you know, uh, special shiurim that we give, um, and chabruta learning. Um, But I think one of the things that make us particularly uh, important is the pastoral and halakhic counseling um, and the support that we give to students on a day-in and day-out basis, just on the individual touch. Amazing. Really incredible. Rabbi Ilan Haber is with us. He's the the national director of JLIC. Now, before we get to the college guide, 
Um, you know, there are people listening right now. I'm taking it for granted that everyone's heard of JLIC, but there are people listening right now, especially parents who need to know that JLIC exists and it exists under the auspices of the OU and that it's on 21 campuses at this point. Is that an accurate number? 21? Um, so we're now at 21 campuses on a full-time basis and we have a part-time program in uh, a 22nd uh, program in uh, Western university in Los Angeles. Uh, for a graduate student. Because there is a large Jewish presence in Western University in Los Angeles? Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of people go there for to, to go to dental school and other um, medical-related programs. Oh, so and, you're not, you're not uh, just helping undergrads. You're helping those who have their college degree already as well. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, as the programs matured over the years, uh, we, we service a, a large number of alumni who still maintain a connection with our educators long after they leave the campus. Yeah, and I know we've done this before, but I just forget which was the first JLIC campus outside of, uh, I guess, well, which was the first? So it was started on two campuses at Yale University. Uh, my wife and I actually, my wife Leah and I were the first couple <laughs> at, uh, at Yale <laughs> and uh, also at Brandeis University. Very cool. And those obviously continue, and then many have been added. The most recent, would that be the one in Western University, as you just mentioned? Actually, our most recent is not in uh, North America at all. We, we've opened the program last year at uh, the IDC in, in Herzliya. Oh, I in remember Israel. this. Right, oh. I remember this. Right. And you have a full-time couple up there? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. I'll tell you, it's a, uh, I, I never understood the need until I really started speaking to the JLIC couples. One of them were among your successors, I don't know where exactly, you know, on the line, in, at Yale. Uh, we were at a Shabbos table together this past, um, uh, this past summer in Stanford, and they are telling me, you know, everything that goes on and, and the work that's required to really help these students and give them that atmosphere that I described earlier, and it's really amazing. They do a great job at it, so collect a vote. All right, let's talk about the guide. The guide, uh, it's called the OUJLIC College Guide 2018. Uh, it has up-to-date campus profiles, as we mentioned, for YU and Turo, which are under Jewish auspices, obviously, and then the 21 uh, college campuses under JLIC. Uh, what is the purpose of the guide? Who is it for? Tell us about it. Um, so the purpose of the guide is really to uh, enable students to make, I believe, better educated choices about where they want to attend college from a Jewish perspective. Mm. Um, there's There's a lot of information out there, but much of it is not organized in a way that particularly helpful to a, uh, to a student from an Orthodox day school um, to make really informed decisions about where they want to go, thinking about Jewish life on campus. For example, sometimes people only say, oh, well, this campus has a Hillel or Chabad and has kosher food, but they don't realize that like there's many different types of kosher food programs on campus. And, um, you know, they, you know, we, we give them advice on how to, um, how to, uh, evaluate and research university on what are the types of challenges they might find there, um, how to navigate it successfully. Uh, we provide a checklist that they could use to try to better help understand what they themselves, their needs are and you know, who they are coming in in terms of what they might be looking for. Um, and there's a lot of very rich information on specific campuses um, that we hope could be helpful in them as they, as they do their search. Is there a way to subtly... Uh, <laughs> get across the point to students through the guide that there may be challenges on campus regarding attitudes toward Israel, or is that something that you avoid? Um, actually, we do have an article about attitudes towards Israel, um, and it is something that, uh, um, that we do you know, address in the guide. Um, and I, I think 
partially the, the idea is that we want people to make decisions with their eyes open. Right. Um, um, you know, like the, the challenges you'll find at a place like Turo and YU are obviously um, much less significant than you'll find at a campus, um, a secular college campus, but they're different and they vary. And, um, you know, rather than, um, you know, making decisions without really thinking through what it means to have Jewish life on those campuses and how they're going to relate with it, we want them to be able to research properly. Um, we, we encourage them to visit the campus, to get a sense of things, to speak to students there. Um, one of the things I think is particularly helpful for, for the guide that we put out this year um, is that we have a lot of perspectives from students themselves and from alumni about their own uh, uh, experiences, what they've seen, and the challenges that, that, that they've, you know, that they've had to overcome and, you know, some of the opportunities that exist, um, but also, like, how they felt, how they have been able to successfully navigate some of those challenges. So uh, it helps people kind of see ahead students, uh, prospective students, to think about, you know, who they are and, and uh, hopefully, uh, I believe, you know, take religious considerations into account as they're making their choices. Yeah, look, I mean, don't college students and their parents look into, you know, the ones who do the research well. They look into every area, especially the academics, the schedule, the majors, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, this has to be a priority. It has to be a priority. If you're, if you're a Jewish parent, you have to make this a priority that, you, that your child uh, goes ahead and, and along with you or researches this aspect of campus life because uh, you know Rabbi Haber, and I'm sure you know all too well from firsthand experience what could happen to Jewish students uh, during you know, the experience of campus life. And if they are better prepared, they have a better chance of having a better experience. Correct. And also, I think, you know, it, it, it forces them, hopefully, to kind of take a look at themselves and see how well prepared they are right. um, so they could take those considerations into account. Um, you know, uh, some people thrive better in a smaller community, some in a larger community. Um, you know, like it's one thing to have a, let's say, you know, you're, you have a kosher dining hall on campus, but one campus, a kosher dining hall, might be located very far from the freshman dorm, so there's less um, it's less easy to get there and, you know, and eat kosher food, right. while others might have a more pervasive. So there really is subtleties. And I, I think one of the things that we're trying to do is encourage people to take notice of the subtleties. And, you know, rather, rather than making sort of superficial decisions relating to their religious um, uh, framework with, you know, the, the four, co- four years of college are some of the most critical years in terms of identity formation, to understand that it's part of their college experience. Um, in, in addition to their academic study and their social framework, and that it's important for them to understand what that means for themselves. Yeah, well, very important words you're saying. Very, very important. I hope people take advantage of this guy. I, I guess, again, it's been a long time since I'm in college, but I would guess that now, December, January, February, this is when students are making all these decisions, right? Uh, correct. Um, I mean, I think now, actually, the, the decision-making process starts in the junior year. Um, oh, but good yeah, point. absolutely. Good point. Um, uh, seniors are already doing it. And I, I think, uh, you know, it, the, the decision making process goes even into the time that students are in Israel um, on right. the gap year program. Right. Um, students sometimes make decisions and then realize that they made you know, the wrong choice for themselves and change their options. And, and, I'm, and I'm, so it's definitely an ongoing process. I'm sure you've alerted guidance counselors around the quote unquote Yeshiva League uh, that this guide exists, right? Yeah, yeah, we've made it available, and um, first of all, one of the things that we did this year is, first of all, it's, it's free on Kindle. Uh, you can look it up on Amazon. You can just type in OU-JLIC, and um, if you want to purchase an actual physical copy of the guide, you can do so. 
Um, so it's very easily accessible for, for people either to use the free version or to, 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 to purchase it. And uh, we've, we've sent out notices and uh, have publicized it to all the guidance advisors from Orthodox faith schools around the country. Well, very good. All right. Um, as uh, Rabbi Haber just said, the College Guide is available as a print-on-demand book uh, through Amazon as well. Just search, as you just said, O-U-J-L-I-C Guide, right? And as a, Kindle, yeah. a free Kindle ebook as well. And uh, that's through the Kindle app. And if you have any questions regarding the OUJLIC College Guide, you are uh, encouraged to email them, collegeguide at OU.org, collegeguide at OU.org. Rabbi Haber, very, very important information for both students and parents. Much appreciated. The guide is, uh, is definitely going to be a great resource for a lot of people out there. So thank you for it. Thank you, and, th- and thank you so much for having me on. A pleasure. Anything we could do to help enhance the uh, Jewish life of Jewish students on college campuses, we are all for it. Rabbi Ilan Haber is National Director of JLIC. The JLIC College Guide is out. Check it out for free on Kindle, on your Kindle app, uh, on Amazon. Uh, you can actually purchase a real you know, physical copy of it on Amazon if you wish. Search OUJLIC Guide. And if you have any questions whatsoever, or parents out there, if you have any questions whatsoever, they want to hear from you, collegeguide at OU.org, collegeguide at OU.org. More coming up, 14 minutes before 8 o'clock. You're listening to JM in the AM. Dozen. He warned us that imperfect couldn't pay. 
J.M. in the A.M. with Chazen David Werdiger and Moe's Zur. I'm sure we'll get that on the air next week as well as Hanukkah begins on Sunday night. Plenty coming up today. Don't forget at 9 o'clock this morning, it's uh, Charlie Harari with Unlocking Greatness. Spin class with Michael Fragan at 9.30. Jew in the City Speaks. Allison Josephs at 10 o'clock. That's Life with Miriam L. Wallach is at 10.30. With Miriam today is Davida Steiglitz, founder of Crazy Crayons. Hear about the greatest gift to give this Hanukkah and how her love of crayons began. We'll do a live lunch from 11 until 1. I've asked Ellie Landau to join us during the live lunch today. Not going to give away any more about that, about why I've asked him, but uh, he'll join us hopefully at about 11.20, he told us. Uh, tonight is the Arab Shabbos Show with Mark Zamek, brought to you by our friends at Kedem. Tomorrow, Malcolm Honline is with us at this time, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Malcolm Honline joins us tomorrow right here at JM in the AM. My thanks to Matis for sitting in yesterday. Did a great job, as you would suspect. A big thank you to the Atlanta Jewish community for their hospitality yesterday. It was really an amazing day down there. Um, some nice comments on the app. Listener Morris says, my rabbi in this case was Google to help me find the significance of November 29th in our history. Nahum, thanks for bringing attention to this important event from 1947. Listener Willie also says Cuftet was more of a challenge before Google. <laughs> well, I don't mind if you use Google as long as you get it right. Uh, and uh, oh, one of our uh, uh, one of our commentors um, is giving praise to JLIC. Well deserved praise to JLIC. So uh, November the 29th, as the Israel Forever Foundation says online, November 29th, every Jew should know about this day. Cuftet in November, November 29th. The United Nations vote to partition Palestine was held. It was one more step on the long road to the rebirth of Israel, one more step which led to the miracle of today's Jewish country of Israel, our Medinat Israel. November 29, 1947, UN General Assembly, 33 to 13 with 10 abstentions and one absent in favor of the Palestine partition plan. That's why Chavtet November, November 29, is a significant day in modern Jewish history. Make sure to mention it to your children today. Make sure to mention it to everybody you see. And especially make sure to mention it to your rabbis and teachers who may have forgotten that November the 29th is, in fact, a significant day in modern Jewish history. Check out our community calendar online, everybody. Lots of events. Go to NahumSiegel.com uh, to the community calendar tab. 
Um, JewishTickets.com has all the Hanukkah information you need about all the different performances going on, including the Big Apple Circus, the eighth day of Hanukkah, 12 noon and 3 p.m., the Big Apple Circus, Lincoln Center, New York City. So so make sure to uh, check that out. Go to JewishTickets.com. For all the information. More coming up. It is a Thursday morning broadcast at JM in the AM. Yeah, hallelujah.
We've been returned to Israel and are like dreamers. All the leaders of the world are trying to understand how, while our people flood back in from all the nations, and after centuries of tears, we see you, Hashem, in everything and await your warm embrace of full redemption.
JM in the AM with Yisrael Bill Vavot. Before that, Ohad, Thursday morning, and this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners, sponsored digital radio. Around the world on the web at NahumSiegel.com, on the NahumSiegel Network, and of course in the beloved NSN app. Welcome to a uh, hour number three here on a Thursday here at JMN. My thanks to Matis Weingast for uh, sitting in yesterday, taking over for a Wednesday show. Much appreciated. A big thank you and shout out to everybody down in the Atlanta Jewish community who was so hospitable to us yesterday. Um, much appreciated. We're learning a lot with these travels about out-of-town communities, and uh, Atlanta seems to be one that many of us could learn from, frankly. It was really an interesting experience. JM in the end with a couple of reminders. Don't forget that um, JewishTickets.com has uh, all the info you need for the Big Apple Circus, 12 noon and 3 p.m. showtimes on the last day of Hanukkah, Monday, December the 10th, starring the Big Apple Circus, Uncle Maishi, Simcha Liner, all-male performers, Information, jewishtickets.com. You'll see it there. <clears throat> also, we mentioned earlier, Rami Kleinstein is in concert in New Jersey for the Kushner Schools. Rabbi Rubin joined me earlier in the week. We had a chance to talk about that uh, event. And uh, that's happening for the Atid Society of the Kushner Schools in the Kushner School building, chaired by Batsheva and Murray Halpern. They, have, they again have come up with a, an original um, lineup uh, for their event. In this case, Israel's piano man, Rami Kleinstein. First night of Hanukkah this coming Sunday. Information, jkha.org slash atid, jkha.org slash atid. JM in the AM with Yoni Z. Ani mamin beemuno beemuno shilehimo oy bevias hamoshiach bevias hamoshiach ani mamin
J.M. in the A.M. Tzadik Katamar. Shim Kramer and company from the brand new album entitled um, Forever. Here at J.M. in the A.M. Actually, officially uh, Forevermore. Forevermore here at J.M. in the A.M. Yoni Z before that with Ani Mamin. Thursday morning. 
JM and the AM on this Haftet in November, the 29th of November. Important day in modern Jewish history. Make sure you know why. You look up November 29th, 1947. That'll give you a big hint. Trust me. <laughs> 40 degrees, partly cloudy, a high temperature of 47. Well, Hanukkah's fast approaching. That's right. This coming Sunday night, it all begins on the last day of Hanukkah, which is Monday, December the 10th. On the last day of Hanukkah, there are two performances at the Big Apple Circus with Uncle Maishi with Simcha Liner in Manhattan, presented by Suki and Ding and Chazak. It's a Hanukkah celebration, Big Apple Circus. It's a big show with all male performers, perfect for our community, etc., etc., etc. Contact Suki and Ding, 718-854-6902, or purchase your tickets directly to either show uh, by going to jewishtickets.com, jewishtickets.com. Ding of Suki and Ding is with us live via telephone. Good morning, Ding. Good morning. How are you? Everything is fine. I, I know you. I know you the Thursday before Hanukkah. You're doing your uh, Hanukkah gift shopping. You're doing your uh, uh, your uh, your donut plans. I know there's always big ding donut plans when it comes to Hanukkah. So you know, I'm... it's interesting that you, you said about November 29th. Yeah. It's also my uh, daughter and my son-in-law's anniversary. Ah! Huh? So, so two reasons, two reasons why it's significant in modern Jewish history. For sure, it's time to celebrate. <laughs> you can say that again. I'll drink. I'll drink to that. So, uh, tell me about the donut schedule. I've been with you before on Hanukkah. I know that you're a big custard donut with chocolate on top type of guy. Uh, well, I remember it must be. I remember it must be uh, probably about 25 years ago. You, we we set up a, a, an interview one day Hanukkah. And you tell me, Ding, don't come without donuts. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and, and this is a true story. I never, I never really told you the whole, the whole the story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, and and I, you know, I work in Bar. I'm the opposite of everybody else. I work in Borough Park, and I, I live in Manhattan. Right. And I said, you know, I'm going to go to Borough Park because I'm going in the morning to the radio station, and I'm going to go to, I don't remember what what where it was. Maybe it was Mutti's, uh, you know, um, to get donuts for Nachum. Right. And and and. And sure enough, I wake up in the morning and I say, "Oh my, I forgot to bring, I forgot <laughs> to get the donut." And on the west side, you know, we don't really have, you know, there's no bakery on the really good, you know, kosher bakery on the west side. And so the the, the studio then was in West Orange, right? East Orange, right? East Orange, and uh, I went through Borough Park because I had to go. <laughs> Seven o'clock in the morning to a bakery to bring you donuts. Well, I never told it, you. first of all, if you did that, uh, you probably arrived after the show. I would guess. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh. I, 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 I got up. I must have been in Borough Park at like seven fifteen. And then you went and straight now, from Brooklyn. Yeah. But also, we're forgetting a factor here, and that is that yeah. uh, that when Ding is involved, the uh, lights and sirens even for donuts. So uh, <laughs> just just a joke, folks. Just a joke. So I feel I feel terrible giving you that ultimatum. But Ding, I must say one thing. No, to- that's I want to say. Interrupt you one more time. I yeah. like to interrupt you. He said, that's why I didn't come into the studio. That's why I did it on the phone. <laughs> well, it's pre Hanukkah, so you would have gotten away with that. But now, but now, it, one thing is obvious, Ding. If you expect yes. me to go on stage on December 10th, there better be a nice supply of donuts. You know? oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. All right. What is happening with the Big Apple Circus? What does our community need to know about a week from Monday? Uh, let's see. First of all, if you buy, the only way to get tickets is jewishtickets.com. Okay. And we're doing that because all the tickets are numbered and they're all assigned seats. So if you go online, you get to pick your seat and your price range and uh, – I think, you know, and that's a good thing. And you do not have to go ahead and wait for your tickets. 
because when you purchase it online, you get a you print it out with a barcode on it, right. and then those bar when you come in that day, you just get scanned and you go straight to your seat. Great. Okay. Okay. Now back to the donuts. Um, all right, so everyone needs to know JewishTickets.com. In terms Jewish of a lineup, though, in terms of what we need to know, Simcha Liner's going to be there. Uncle Maishi's going to be there. And right. Big Apple Circus, this is a full show, both at noon and at 3 o'clock. People shouldn't think that they're being shortchanged. Is the no, real... no, no, the total, total show. In fact, because of the fact that we have an all-male uh, cast, so there were two two acts that were taken out because they were women, and, that, and, um, and then they were replaced. So wow. it's, it's an entire full show. I'll tell you, you've got everything. Yep. You got everything covered here, as they say. Right. Uh, in more and ways, and Nachum Siegel's coming <laughs> in, more, in more ways than one. For those yeah. who got that joke. All right, so the circus is back in town, and Ding asks everybody to support the work of Chazak and bring the entire family to the Big Apple Circus. Now, just to make it clear, because I don't think the address is on the flyer, is this at Lincoln Center in Manhattan? Yes, it's at Lincoln. It's actually off Sixty Second Street between uh, Broadway, is it Broadway and Columbus. All right. Um, yeah, that's it, what people need to know. Sixty Two Broadway. That's what they basically need to know. And they go off Broadway. Yeah, and you I'm sure. Miss it. Yeah, and I'm sure. Yeah. And I'm sure they could search the exact location as well. Big Apple Circus. And it, is, and it is on the flyer. I don't know why people say it's not on the flyer. It is on the flyer. Uh, oh, you're right. One seventy five West Sixty Second. You're right. <laughs> Am I ever not? Ding! Why don't I read the fine print? I don't get it. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> um, and we again, I want to mention, as you've yeah. said, because a lot of parents that are listening right now may not realize it. In most cases, in ninety percent of the cases in New York and New Jersey, schools yeah. are closed on Monday, December tenth. That's true. And not only that, one thing I like, which you actually brought to my attention is that it's the last day of Hanukkah. So right. You do not have to run home for right. candles. No, so even if you go to the 3 o'clock show, you could literally go out to dinner afterwards, whatever you want, take the kids on an, on an adventure to Manhattan, and you uh, you know, and you're right there. All right, so there's a lot to do uh, in terms of Hanukkah preparations. Make sure this doesn't go... Uh, make sure make sure you take care of this, everybody. Order your tickets. Go to the uh, JewishTickets.com website, JewishTickets.com. One of the tabs for Big Apple Circus will be the noon show. The other one, the other flyer, will be for the 3 p.m. show. That'll be evident. Just make sure, double-check so you know which page you're on. Order your tickets, and as Ding just reminded everyone, you get to choose where you want to sit. So if you order uh, uh, 10 tickets, Ding, you get to choose the entire row and, and where you want your family to be that afternoon. 100%. And also... Um Phone number seven one eight eight five four six nine two for all those groups. Uh, we have a lot of groups coming. We have uh, interesting. You know, I thought it would be like sure, but mostly bungalow colonies. A lot of bungalow colonies have called up and have, well, like a Hanukkah uh, reunion. Yeah, it, it, I think I think it's you know I think it's great. Especially <laughs> it's my show, but it, it's um, yeah, it's, it's a wonderful idea. Like you want to get together a school or family or this and. Let's say you want to, you know, you have a family, Lakewood, right. Monsey, you're like, it's straight in the middle. Come That's on true. and uh, have a party. And by the way, this solves the problem for those families that don't like to go out while the Hanukkah candles are burning. Uh, right. You know, and sometimes that will alter their Hanukkah party schedule, their Hanukkah get together schedule. If they come together to the circus, they have the right. entire night because there's no lighting that night. They have the entire night to do whatever they wish. So. I'm telling you, we are so full of great suggestions for people for this Hanukkah. Just so full of great suggestions. Amazing. <laughs> one, oh, wait, I forgot to ask you one more question. Where, where did you go yesterday that was such a secret? Uh, so we did a uh, fact-finding mission in Atlanta, Georgia. 
met okay. a, a lot of very interesting people. We are considering a, a very interesting project in Atlanta. We have no idea if it's really going to happen. I, I'm just telling everybody right now it's 50-50, but we did meet a lot of wonderful people in a great community down there. Excellent. My, my nephew lives there. Oh, wish I would have known, yeah. known in advance. Does he own, does he own any <laughs> kosher restaurant down there? <laughs> <laughs> no. That's, that's not his role in the community, huh? Is there still a Seagulls in Phoenix? There is a yeah. I, I assume the new owners still call it Seagulls. I would guess. Uh -huh. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure. North Seventh Street, Phoenix, Arizona. And by the way, Uncle Zalman, who you know, you know my Uncle Zalman. Right. Sure. Uh, he is celebrating a really, really, really big milestone birthday. We oh. hope we hope to see him this coming Monday. Shabbos, please God. And he should have many more. Amen. Many more. I I cannot forget. I mean that I was there. It was probably close over thirty years ago. And and we did a concert in Phoenix, and we met. We figured, you know, what kind of you know restaurant could be in in Phoenix, <laughs> and we we come there. It's the nicest restaurant I think I've ever been into, and we we spent like three hours there. We just it was unbelievable. The food was great. It's a great place, and we oh yeah, the food was so good. We used to joke, uh, best corned beef west of the Mississippi. That's that was the, <laughs> that was what we always used to say about 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 Siegel's restaurant. Um, well, there you go. All right, Ding. Um, Thank you very much. Noon and three o'clock. Not this Monday. Not this Monday. On Monday, the last day of Hanukkah. Hanukkah. And, and as they say, see you at the circus. And as they say, remember the donuts. <laughs> oh, by now the way, we now we won't forget. You know what? Maybe I'll put it in my car now. And that's a good idea, I'm sure. <laughs> by the way, um, uh, all kidding aside, um, when we had the conversation here on the air about the elephant and you know, daddy, right, daddy, right. You know, right. So the, people said, and they were shocked we didn't know this. That number one, in most cases, the elephant actually comes down to the ground. For, right. You know what? I forgot to tell you that. that I, I afterwards, I, oh, that's what happens. The elephant right. goat comes down, right. but it's still high. Right, and that's why uh, uh, other listeners of ours on the app at that point said, even when it comes down to the ground, sometimes they still use a ladder or some type of step to Correct. a stool to let somebody Correct. get up there. Yeah, but right, you know, but that must be scary when that elephant is sitting down, and all of a sudden, after you get on his back, he stands up. That must be now. I know why Denny was a little hesitant, frankly. <laughs> hesitant, he, he turned white. <laughs> He almost ran out of the arena. <laughs> uh, all right. Ding, uh, thank you so much for joining us, sir. We'll see you. Thank you. Have a beautiful day. We'll thank see you, you a week from Monday. Ding reminds everybody, jewishtickets.com has the Monday last day of Hanukkah noon show and the last day of Hanukkah 3 p.m. show in New York City. Mark, oh, you know what? We should do a Simcha Liner selection after all. Simcha Liner is going to be part of the, um, of the show. He's going to be part of the... Uh, He's going to be part of the um, event on the last day of Hanukkah, as we said, along with Uncle Maishi. Here's some Kaliner at JM in the AM.
JM in the AM Thursday at Simcha Liner. Um, listener Yaakov on the app gives us regards from Cousin Moshe from the Im Kosher Restaurant, 15th Avenue, 39th Street in Borough Park. Hey there, Cousin Moshe. Can't wait to visit you. Maybe during Hanukkah we'll go visit Cousin Moshe. Naim Kosher Restaurant. Anybody who's in uh, the Borough Park area, go and say hi. He's amazing. Food is great. Uh, Thursday <clears throat> Thursday morning, JM and the AM. Mazal Tov to those who've concluded Menachos and to those who today have started Meseches Chulin and Dafyomi. Chazak v'amatz to you. Today is Chavtet November, November the 29th. Why is it an important date in modern Jewish history? Look it up if you need to. Ask your rabbi. Ask your teacher. Why is Chavtet November? Why is the 29th of November a significant date in modern Jewish history? I am begging everybody who's listening right now not to turn us off. Don't turn us off. You're if you're if you're a listener of JM and the AM for any length of time, you're going to find this conversation very interesting. Rabbi Mordechai Kanelsky, how many times have I spoken with him on the air? Probably over 100 times over the years I've spoken with him on our uh, program uh, on JM and the AM. And I remind you, Rabbi Kanelsky, who's the executive director of Bris Avram, and he and his wife, Sterney, do a remarkable job with the organization. Uh, he left Russia as a kid in 1970. And again, for those of you with the historical perspective, you know how significant that was to, to leave Russia at that time. Left as a kid in 1970, went to Israel, came to the United States in 1976, and began Bris Avram, which has been such an effective and incredible organization, in 1979. Uh, this week, Rabbi Kanelsky uh, did another very interesting thing to add to his list of interesting things that he's done. Rabbi Mordechai Kanelsky, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. Dobry day. Whoa, 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 excuse me, what does that mean? Uh, what a fresh day, a beautiful day for you. I, what happened to uh, Good Morgan Rebnachum? Uh Listen, after being a week in Moscow, <laughs> I, I, I am trying to remember how to speak a little bit of Russian. Now, you did tell me, and I'm assuming this is, you know, th- you don't mind it being for public consumption, you did tell me when the opportunity came for you for the first time in 48 years, right, because you left in 1970, when the opportunity came for you to go back to Russia, to go back to Moscow, you were somewhat nervous. Would that be a, an accurate way of putting it? Um, no, not, not so much nervous. Very nervous. And that was because? Because being in Russia for me in 1960s, from 1968 to 1970, for two years, I did not saw the sunshine. I was hiding in a cellar and learning Taylor as a child who is eight years old, and I did not have the privilege to see the sunshine. Because if you're in Russia, you have to go to school on Shabbos. You have to sit without a yarmulke, and needless to say, you cannot wear scissors. And my father and mother should be healthy, made sure that I understand the importance of Taylor Mitzvahs. And I made that decision as a child that I will hide in a cellar and I will not leave the house until with miraculously miracles of God, I will leave Russia. And from the age of eight till that age, 
that I left Russia. I was hiding in a cellar. And for me, Russia is a nightmare. And uh, I got a lot of requests for all the years to come there, to speak, <clears throat> to visit. But I was afraid. And finally, last week, Rabbi Lazar and his staff convinced me and my wife, and we went to Russia for the first time in 49 years. I left 1970 February, and I came back 2018 in November. And uh, from the airport, we went the first time to see my house where I was hiding. And unfortunately, the owners were not there, and a second owner from the house uh, did not want to open up the house. He had a big dog, so he, he threatened us we should leave. And that's it. And But my wife did not give up. And we prayed to God. And being in a restaurant in Bronya, that is one of the shows that is on the Chabad, and being in a restaurant there, eating with my brother, who is a shliach of the rabbi in Moscow, next table to us, was sitting a family and eating dinner. And that was the only table that was available for my brother to have dinner, him and his wife and me and my wife. And the, the people on the table looked at me and they said, are you the child from Alakovka? That's the portrait of, of me that I was born. I said, yes. I said, how do you know me? He says, well, we were here in your show in Brisa Vroham just a few years ago with a group from Russia that Rabbi Lazar sent, and you spoke to us about it. And one coincidence, I says, not not, it's Hashgoha Protis, that we are sitting table next to, next to table. And my wife burst out in tears saying, can you help us to go into that house? Then the woman says, my husband is the president of the Jewish community of Malachovka. He will be able to do everything. And within 24 hours, they called us up that he funded the owner of the house who lives in a different place. And he comes to this house only for weekends. And he will send them a car to pick them up, to bring them to the house. And on Yuteskisov, the day that the outer level was liberated from jail, that he celebrated just this Tuesday, the new year for Hasidus, I came back to Malachovka. I downloaded in the yeshivas, that was Malachovka. That was for me a, what to tell you? If to say this is a dream, as you say, no, that's not a dream. That's more than a dream. I never believed that I was in a building that called And after that, we went to see my house where I was hiding. I went to that cellar. I couldn't go down because I'm a little bit bigger than, this, than when I was over there, eight years old. My wife climbed into the cellar, and my wife saw nothing was changed. And I was there, and I saw the, 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 the house, the sutra, the place that I was hiding outside of the house, this, the, the, the walkway next to the house, and I used to go with my grandfather and say Tanya Bahard, when I used to walk out outside at night to see the moon, because by day I just mentioned to you, I never walked out. I started to cry. 
It was so emotional. It was so special. This is the house that all the Hasidim used to hide there from the Russian government. And I came back to that place, and you test Swiss, and I said that Tanya Bahar again on the same place. And I said, what I said, Tanya, 49, 50, 51 years ago in Russia. All right, Mordechai is with us. I remind you, he left Russia in 1970, arrived in the U.S. in 1976, went back to Moscow, as you just heard, and spent one week there and experienced some of the miracles that he just described to us. Um, and, 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 and we should mention, you saw the sunshine in Moscow. Yes. Correct. I saw the sunshine in Moscow. I tell you, Nochem, uh, yeah, to see that place and to see that, that whole miracle of God, uh, my wife was so crying there. We, we, were, we were very, very emotional. And then we spoke in 17 places between my wife and myself and shared in the seriousness of our parents, the self-sacrifice of our, of our parents, what they did to give us the proper Jewish Finnish education that we should be able to leave Russia and in Russia to be able to be religious Jews. And by the way, Rabbi Kanelsky, not to minimize the fear that you described earlier, but remember that, that even everything you've heard from your brother and you heard about restaurants and yeshivas and shuls that you saw with your own eyes, even with all of that, it was so difficult for you to go back and, and, and actually believe it, right? To actually believe it, that's what it was like. i tell you two, two points. On Friday, I came to the mikveh that is next to the yeshiva in Moscow. And, I, and it was 12 or 5. And I saw children running around, going out from class at 12 with missile. And the, from the Hayyad, and they all speaking in Hebrew. I could not walk in the mikveh. I was just standing there and watching these children and kissing them. And they looked at me and they looked at me and they say, what are you kissing? I said, I would never dream that children in Russia would scream and speak in Hebrew in such a free way. The next day, my wife, you know, the place that she was sleeping, I went to school early, and my wife went a little bit later. Then I, I found a place to see a person who to walk to school. She walked out. And the security is not normal. Then she's watching through to the security, and she's, and she's afraid to walk because maybe it's electric. And the guard, the guy says to her, no, 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 Shabbat, it doesn't work. Don't worry. You can walk. Shh. And then my wife says to him, show me what is the show. And he tells her, walk this way, make a left, make a right, make a left. The show is there. And my wife starts, starts, starts to walk, and she looks back to see if that same guard was run after her, that he told her to go to show. And then she came to show, and she says, wow, what a miracle. The guy was telling us, where is the show? Don't be worried from the electrical things because it's childless. It doesn't work. It's just miracles and miracles of God. Nobody would ever believe, dream that that could happen such a thing. Unbelievable. Rabbi Mordechai Kanelsky is with us. Rabbi Kanelsky, the story's amazing, and, and I ho- I'm having a little bit of difficulty hearing you. The phone's a little muffled. I hope next time you come in we get to speak about it more, but I, I must, I must, I can't give up this opportunity. There are two very, very important messages that you can help me deliver to the wonderful people who are listening right now. Uh, number one, when people consider the importance of Jewish education, when people consider, should I send my son or daughter to public school or to a day school? 
when people consider what is the most important thing about Jewish continuity, no matter where you are, no matter if you're from the most, uh, you know, Haredi world to the most modern world, no matter where you are, if you're somebody who's concerned about Jewish continuity, we have to remember that there is nothing more important than Jewish education. Please help me remind everybody that what your parents did, they did it because they wanted to guarantee that their family for generations would be observant Torah Jews. 100%. And that was, we told him in the 60s, so my father, for him, to make sure that I learned Torah was self-sacrifice. When I will meet you, God willing, after Hanukkah, and I will finish up to write the 125 menorahs, I will see you, I will share with you stories, what my what my parents did for that I should get Jewish education, and what my in-laws did that my wife should get Jewish education. And it's just unbelievable. It is unbelievable. And, and, and there's another very important thing, and I hope, and I know you, you're, you're going to be as passionate as I am about this. You know, you know, we joke. You and I have joked many times. You know, I've said to you before Pesach, you know, where did you take your Cholomoy trips in, in Moscow? You know, we joked about that all the time. I could only imagine what it was like to light a Chanukiah in the circumstances that you just described to us years ago in Russia. And, and, I, and now I even better understand, because I've been with you. I've been with you. I've been with you in City Hall. I've been with you on the George Washington Bridge. I've been with you when these Hanukkiyot are lit. And I can only and, and I know because I am one, I know, you know, the feelings of an American Jewish kid when that menorah gets lit. You know, we have a certain amount of depth to to the whole experience. But when you light it, when you're there watching 150,000 cars seeing the first night of Hanukkah, it, it must be unbelievable. Please help me remind everybody listening that on Sunday night, it's not just lighting and it's not just gifts and it's not just latkes. Sunday night, all of us have to think much differently when lighting the first candle on the Hanukkah. I will share with you what I said to the executive director of the Port Authority, and I think that this is a big thing for us all. When I came to speak to the executive director of the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey, and I asked for permission to put the menorah on the GW Bridge, and the appointment was for a certain time, and, he's been, and the, the, his, his assistant told me, Rabbi, it's exactly five minutes. And I came and I said to him, God gave us 630 mitzvahs. The mitzvah is between me and God. Nobody has to know that I'm putting fuel. Nobody has to know that I'm eating matzah. And, and he understood what matzah is. He, understood, he knows what can keep it. And I said to him, there is only one mitzvah, that the whole purpose of doing that mitzvah is everybody else should see, not me. My father could not observe that mitzvah because if my father would put a menorah outside of his house, he would sleep that night in city forever. You, Mr. So-and-so, executive director of the Port Authority, have an opportunity to show the entire world that here in America, there is freedom of religion. There is freedom of everything. And we could put a menorah in every single place to make public God's miracle. I'm asking you, please give me the permission. 
And at that moment, he granted the permission to put the Norris in every single bridge and every single terminal all around New York and New Jersey. And I want to tell you, there is tens of millions of travelers who are seeing the menorahs in all the bridges, in all the terminals, in all the executive offices. And the Port Authority did a tremendous job. That they deserve a tremendous yasher cause. And when everybody of you listeners, please, when you follow, when you travel, and you see one of the people who work in all those places, and you're telling him thank you for putting that menorah, you are not just saying thank you to him, but you're saying thank you to the everybody, and that will help that millions and millions of people will know that there is a rebellious showing in this world, there is a God in this world, and we are saying thank you to God for the miracles that he did. Baruch God who made the miracles for us, then and Hanukkah, we are leaving this miracles again that we could put a menorah in Russia. The menorah will be lit in the traveling Sunday night. Guys, people don't even understand what that. A menorah will be lit in the Kremlin this Sunday night. How much do we have to say thank you to God for his miracles that he did to us? And we will say thank you to God for all the miracles. God will bring us the greatest miracle, the atomic of Mashiach. I have to thank you. You've given me an opportunity to really think about um, what we've done together sometimes. And I have to thank you that you've given me the honor to light the Hanukkah in the places that you just described. But one last message, and this is uh, the last piece to it. When, when, when you light in your own home, and I know you'll be on the bridge, and you'll be in the mall, and you'll be at City Hall. I know you'll be in a lot of places Sunday. I know it. But when you light in your own home, you're going to be thinking back to that basement. You're going to be thinking back to what it was like for your father, for your father-in-law and others there to light a Hanukkah in those circumstances of 1960s Russia. And and that's a, uh, and, that, and that's a memory that should not only stick with you, frankly, it's a thought that should stick with all of us, no? A hundred percent. And more than that, when I will, me, my wife, and my children and our grandchildren will stay here by the line of the menorah together in our home, I will share again. I was lighting the menorah as a child, eight years old, hiding and lighting the menorah next to my father and my mother and next to my younger brother. And today, we could do it publicly and say again, thank you, God. I think your words are going to help us appreciate the lighting Sunday night a little bit more. Maybe people will take an extra minute before they run off to all the activities to think about what the lighting is all about. I think the Hanera Salalu and the Maus Tzor will be said with a lot more concentration after what you just said. When we sing Maus Tzor, I can only imagine how quietly you had to sing it in Russia. I think you would rec- you would recommend to everybody to sing it loudly and clearly on Sunday night. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I will leave you with a small story, with a small word. Our rabbis are saying, we have to listen what that candles are saying to us. Our custom is to sit next to the candles for a half hour and to look at the candles. Because that candles are telling us not just the miracle of Hanukkah, 
but the miracle of the Jewish nation from that first time writing Hanukkah of candles until today. How many people did everything to write Hanukkah candles in, in Sibir, in different concentration camps? I was a friend of mine who showed me a menorah that, was, that survived the Holocaust. How people used to write the menorah nothing and just to make that miracle, to save a, a drop of oil and to save that brocha. How precious, how privileged we are to say thank you to God that we could see with our family and we could eat the latkes after that. And we could spill the dreidel and we could celebrate Hanukkah. But the most important is, let's remember what the channels are saying to us. Guys, let's say thank you to God for all the great miracles that he did doing and will do for us. Including your miracle of, fi- of, of finally getting out. And, and I think you would say a miracle of going back and visiting and seeing everything there as well. And I will tell you, the day when I said Hakoimu in the show, after having that year, I said, guys, thank you so much that I left Russia. <laughs> <laughs> you were thanking God you left for the second time. <laughs> yes. Today I went to for the second time. In our show, I really felt, God, thank you that I left for Russia. <laughs> Rabbi Kanelsky, I, I we're we're going to talk more about this, Bezrat. I don't know where your lightings are, but if any of them or any of your visits are near here during Hanukkah, please, please stop by. If not, then we'll have an opportunity, Bezrat Hashem, after Hanukkah. And and thank you so much. And I'm so glad you and your wife, Baruch Hashem, had such an inspiring visit back to Moscow. And thank you so much for sharing that story with us as well. I will leave it to you. I was the guest speaker. In in Yevropaiskir uh, Hall, in it was just a few walking distance from the Kremlin. Tuesday night, and uh, honoring the holiday of the Christmas, that 220 years ago on Tuesday, the first Yevropaiskir Rebbe went out from jail with a victory. That after that, the Russian government, the Far family, made the Yevropaiskir Rebbe family as an honorable family for generations. In that hall, 800 people, 800 people got together, and we were singing together. Potom is showing nothing, probably, the rabbi Mohoyimot. Had the rebbeinu shoveyom saved David Hamelach, and we are saying thank you to God today. I want to tell you, after all the speeches, we were dancing and dancing and dancing. It was incredible to see how many people left work. I met a person, and he says, I left work today, and you know, in Russia, Russia is still Russia, to leave work early. He said, but I cannot miss Yudas Kislev in center of Russia to celebrate. Who would ever dream that? Somebody says to me, how did you celebrate? How did you celebrate this? I says, in my grandparents' house, he used to come. And each one was carrying with him a bottle of vodka coming. And my, the bubble was shown. And my mother said, like his own, used to prepare herring, used to prepare cooked potatoes. And he had a piece of a braid, a kibble with onions. And it's a blast. And we were afraid to sing because, God forbid, somebody would hear that. We were singing and drinking with high, And the cups to be empty from the vodka and filled up with the tears of crying. God Almighty, take us out from this Russia. We should be able to save our children.
God did it, and we are here. By Yom Mahay, his mother says. Hanukkah Sameach. I, 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 I'm sending you a recording of this conversation because I think anybody who hears it that you and I can, can get it to, I think anybody who hears it, their Hanukkah will be enhanced by what you Thank told you. us. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Rabbi Mordechai Kanelsky. He and his wife Sterny, not only leaders of Bris Avram and have done so much for so many Jews, I could spend all day telling you. But they were back in Moscow last week for the first time since 1970. And we could not have timed this better. What important lessons about Jewish education, what important lessons about our attitude toward Jewish holidays, and in this case, the Hanukkah that Rabbi Kanelsky just gave us. Five minutes before 9 o'clock, it's JM in the AM. No fight plane, no battleship can crash with pure and sweet. It's that last drop of oil, it just won't see defeat. It keeps our little hop in flame and dancing to the beat. It's that last drop of oil, we'll take it to the street. And we'll blow smoke in the face of darkness, set fires to burn up the night. Tell and retell all your stories, be a miracle of light. Blow smoke in the face of darkness, set fires to burn up the night. Eighth day wraps up. 
an amazing Thursday. My brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSegal.com and the NachumSegal Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing uh, Thursday here at JMNAM. My thanks again to Matis for sitting in yesterday. Charlie Harari's next with Unlocking Greatness and Michael Fragan with Spin Class. Allison Josephs as Jew in the City Speaks. Miriam L. Wallach at 10.30 with That's Life. Davida Steiglitz of Crazy Crayons will join Miriam today. A live lunch starts at 11 a.m. Ellie Landau, I've asked to be a guest. We'll explain why when uh, we commence with the live lunch at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And tonight, the Arab Shabbat Show with Mark Zamek, brought to you by our friends at Kedem. That starts at 7 p.m. Make sure to be tuned in. Tomorrow, Malcolm Honeline is scheduled to join us. 7.40 Eastern Time with the weekly update right here at JM in the AM. Have a fabulous Thursday. Until tomorrow, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.